Hi everyone, I'm John White. Welcome to this week's SAMA webinar. SAMA stands for Spooky Ask Me Anything. Uh, we invited guests to come on to talk about their chosen subject. This week we are proud to have Clive DeCarl on our show. For over 20 years, Clive has dedicated himself to the pursuit of understanding mental and physical performance optimization providing cutting-edge nutritional consultancy and enabling thousands of people to reverse their signs of illness and regain optimum health. Clive started down his path of natural healing after a course of antibiotics left him with serious health issues. He was told that the only solution was drugs and surgery. Haven't we all been told that at some stage? But Clive decided to learn how to heal himself using natural means. Within a year, he had completely reversed his arthritis using natural supplements. Unfortunately, doctors are given very little training in natural medicine. Formal medical training normally takes over five years to complete. The time allocated for medical students to learn about food groups, minerals, heavy metals, vitamins, enzymes, amino acids, and essential fats is typically half a day. Yet this information is absolutely essential for good health. The fact of the matter is, doctors deal with sickness and often have little interest in health. Their training is set up to recognize and treat symptoms. And after all, the best type of customer is the repeat customer. And Clive's website, clivedecarl.com, it's a plug for you, Clive. Clive states it plain and simple, and I like it. We go to a doctor looking for wellness, while the doctor is only looking for illness. There are only three reasons why we lose our health. Toxicity, physical damage, or nutrient deficiency. There is no fourth reason. Your body is not low on pharmaceutical drugs. That's wonderful, Clive. There is a fourth thing. It's getting older. <laughs> Just kidding. Clive will be explaining what minerals do, um, how to recognize rec um, deficiencies through signs and symptoms, and what you can do about it. So it's with great joy that I introduce Clive DeCal to our webinar. Clive, over to you. Well, thank you very much, John, and uh, welcome everyone who's listening. I'm very, very uh, privileged uh, for you to uh, be tuning in at this time. And I hope the quality of this audio and video is good. If for any reason it's not, just put in the chat room, uh, and I can always turn off the video if necessary to improve the sound quality. Now, um, as John was saying, you know, 30 years ago, I was so ill that I was in hospital for three weeks, and after three weeks, they said, well, we don't know what's, what's the cause of your issues, we don't know what the cures are, but we can drug you. And I just thought that was absolutely insane and ridiculous. And luckily, uh, after three weeks in hospital, while I couldn't walk or get dressed or anything like that, I was able to turn the pages of books. And I was reading books about natural nutrition 
voraciously. And I worked out I was low on magnesium. And it seemed to me that this was the basis of all my uh, health problems. So I got my wife to wheel me out in a wheelchair and I started taking vin minerals and vitamins and all my arthritis, which was, you know, crippling, all went away. And you know, most of the other problems I had also went away. And I realized that the doctors really don't have any idea about health and they really don't. Um, I was amazed to find out, as John said, that they only do half a day on nutrition. It's absolutely crazy. And, um, you know, when you go to the doctor and the doctor, you know, the doctor says, well, I'm going to prescribe you this, this drug. Now, that's the same as saying, well, I'm awfully sorry, but I've no idea what to do for you. So I'm just going to drug you. Is that all right? I mean, that's really what happens. Or obviously they can always cut bits out. It's like going to the car mechanic with your engine giving a problem and the car mechanic says, well, we've cut out the red warning light. Your engine will be fine now. That really is, in my opinion, the doctor's approach most of the time. So what I'd like to do in this hour is to explain minerals, uh, vitamins, uh, amino acids, and essential fats. And uh, uh, I'd like to start with magnesium because it is the most important uh, of uh, all of them. Now, uh, if you're on magnesium, you might have one or more of the following symptoms. Could be muscle cramps, particularly in the legs and the feet, maybe when you wake up. Could be twitches around the eyes or twitches in general, cramps in general, menstrual cramps. Could be constipation. You know, how, how the bowel works is that when you have uh, calcium, which most people have in their diet in abundance, that allows the muscles to contract. And when you take magnesium, it allows the muscles to relax again. In fact, it allows every cell of the body to relax. So mentally, you're more relaxed as well. Because another one of the symptoms of magnesium deficiency uh, are, is anxiety and even panic attacks. So let's, let's take people who are constipated for a moment. They can relax, I'm sorry, they can contract the bowel, but without enough magnesium, they can't relax it. And the movement is meant to be like that downwards. Uh, so we should be having three bowel movements a day. Now most people perhaps have one, and I had two clients yesterday, one who said uh, they were lucky to have one a week, one that said lucky to have one every three days. Now this is a serious issue. That's likely to lead to uh, bowel cancer, to IBS, Crohn's disease, uh, all the bowel issues. So regular bowel movements are essential, and, but without magnesium, you, you can't have one. So if I'm describing you there, um, what form of magnesium should you take? Well, particularly if you're getting muscle cramps, you can get liquid magnesium, which is also known as magnesium oil. It's made from magnesium chloride. And you can spray that on and rub, rub it in. Now, when I first discovered magnesium, um, I used to recommend maybe five, six sprays of the oil a day. Then I realized uh, when, when I got a, a mineral testing device that that clearly wasn't enough and 20 sprays might be more the mark or even 20 sprays plus uh, perhaps a uh, supplement of magnesium in the form of a capsule uh, like magnesium citrate. Magnesium citrate um, is, is pretty good at moving the bowels uh, as are most of the magnesiums. Uh, but citrate uh, is nicely absorbed by the body. 
Um, you may have heard the expression, um, the older people are, the more they may have heard this called, it went through me like a dose of salts. Uh, my grandparents, for instance, if they were constipated, they would drink half a teaspoonful of bicarbonate of soda in water, and if you take enough bicarbonate of, um, uh, I'm sorry, I, what I meant to say was Epsom salts, they, they would take Epsom salts, and if, they, if you take enough Epsom salts, which is magnesium sulfate, it will go through you like a dose of salts, and you won't be able to hold back a bowel movement. So, uh, why are people low on magnesium? Now, what I find is almost everybody is low on magnesium. Um, more or less, 95% uh, of the population of the UK, for example. Um, now, my video has just gone off, and I can see myself, but I can't see anything at the other end. Um, hopefully, you can hear me clearly. If, if you're not, perhaps you could just write in the chat room. Uh, at the moment, Chris Roberts uh, says Australia has a bit of sound drop-off, so uh, I'm not sure exactly what's happening, but hopefully everything's all right, so I'll just carry on. Now, um, so why are we all low on magnesium? Well, the number one reason is stress. When you are stressed, you burn magnesium at about three times the rate, uh, just in the same way that um, uh, you burn vitamin C at a much higher rate if you're stressed. You burn zinc at a much higher rate and so on. So, um, you know, the food used to be healthier than it is now, as we all know, unless you're growing your own. Um, but back in 1931, a, a French medical doctor reported on an unusual fact. He'd noticed that uh, he'd been working in Egypt, and in Egypt, it seemed that the Egyptians hardly ever got cancer. Virtually never happened. But if the Egyptians moved to uh, Europe, they got the same cancer rate as the Europeans, while well, it was a tenth of the rate or less. And he worked it out that it was the magnesium in the soil. In Egypt at that point, there was so much magnesium in the soil that people basically didn't get cancer. Now, um, let's move on from magnesium to iodine, because iodine, the same thing was noticed. People with high iodine didn't seem to get cancer nearly as much as people without high iodine. And the big example of this is Japan. Now, in England, 90% um, of women at menopause report hot flashes, hot flushes. But in Japan, less than 10% have hot flushes. Also, in England, of course, breast cancer is pretty rife. But in Japan, it's extremely rare. So what's the difference in Japan? Well, they're eating loads and loads of seaweed and fish and the seaweed is absolutely chock-a-block full with iodine. So should you be supplementing with iodine? Well, it could be a very good idea. Let me give you a couple of reasons why. Let's say a woman is pregnant and they are low on iodine. The child will be born with a low IQ. If the mother is clinically low on iodine, there's a medical term for the child when it's born. It's called cretinism. So the child is born... Uh, mentally defective, essentially. Now, so let's talk a little bit about iodine. How would you know that you were low on iodine? Well, it may be that you've got dry skin. It may be that you walk into a room and forget why you walked in. This is a pretty common uh, thing that can happen. And uh, most people over sort of 
50, perhaps recognize the I walked into the room and can't forget why I walked in. Now, if you were to supplement with iodine for, say, six or eight weeks, you'll probably find you'll remember why you walked in the room. Other symptoms of iodine deficiency are thyroid problems. Now, 100 years ago, if you went to the doctor and you said, um, uh, I've got a, you know, if the doctor recognized a thyroid problem, the doctor would have first of all given you iodine. In fact, if a doctor didn't know what to do, giving you iodine generally in the form of potassium iodide or Lugol's iodine, and Lugol's iodine is the, is the one that I, I tend to recommend, um, you'd find that um, uh, most people's thyroid problems will automatically get better because most people have a thyroid problem because of lack of iodine. Now, hundred years ago, the doctors recommended a sensible quantity of iodine, which might have been something like uh, 50 milligrams uh, to remedy a, um, a thyroid issue. Uh, but then they would have lowered it once the body temperature had risen. So body temperature is another sign of low iodine. If your body temperature is out of control, or if you've got really cold hands and feet all the time, chances are you've got an iodine deficiency because iodine controls body temperature. And interestingly, iodine is in every cell of the human body. Uh, and not many elements are, are like that. So iodine is critical, absolutely critical for intelligence, memory, good thyroid function, healthy skin, healthy hormones, and so on. Now, are, are either magnesium or iodine expensive in any way? No, no not at all and um, most people are low. But when you're supplementing with iodine, you need to make sure that you're also supplementing or eating foods rich in selenium. Now, the foods with the highest selenium are, well, the food with the highest selenium by far is Brazil nuts. And um, so if you're taking, taking iodine, do make sure you supplement with uh, selenium. And before you start, you might want to watch a few videos on YouTube about iodine. There's one called the Iodine Crisis, for instance, which is very interesting. And everything that I'm going to say here today, I'd like you to understand this is for research purposes only. I can't legally give you any advice because I'm not medically qualified. And uh, so, you know, this is for research purposes. And if, if I accidentally meant, mention words like cure or cancer, I'm spelling them with a K. I'm spelling them completely differently to the way the legal system here uh, in the UK and other places spells them. And uh, I'd also like to, you know, just for legal purposes, say that everything I'm saying is humorous and ironic and you don't want to take any of this seriously. Uh, so uh, let's look at selenium because selenium is an incredible mineral, really, really incredible. That was Dr. Joel Wallach who discovered first of all in animals that cystic fibrosis and muscular dystrophy in animals and of course in humans uh, is a result of selenium deficiency then he discovered that uh, down syndrome contrary to what the doctors and the scientists uh, say uh, it, down syndrome is not a chromosome chromosomal issue it is a lack of selenium and there have been cases where down syndrome has been uh, spotted in the womb and it's been corrected by giving the right nutritional balance to the mother. So the baby 
it was would have been down syndrome and, and you know doctors say if your baby's down syndrome in the womb you've got a choice of murdering the baby or having a down syndrome baby because they're not taught that it's actually a selenium deficiency so uh it is very very important to do your own research uh because if you think the doctors know what they're doing uh you'd be highly mistaken the only doctors that i believe really know what they're doing to at least to some degree are the emergency room doctors so if we take you back to um, magnesium a moment let's say somebody's had a heart attack or had a stroke or a woman giving birth has got preeclampsia what does the emergency doctor do in that instance they inject you with magnesium in the form of Epsom salts magnesium sulfate now if they taught magnesium to the GPs, to, to the regular doctors, would there be heart attacks? Well, there'd be an awful lot less, an awful lot less. And uh, so do I recommend everybody supplement with magnesium? Yes, I do, uh, quite honestly, unless you happen to be in the very, very rare percentage which uh, has too much. But uh, in all the mineral testing I've done, I don't think I've ever seen too much magnesium. I don't think ever. Now, I've had a question in the chat room from uh, Chris who says, Clive, I sweat a lot in the heat. Is this connected at all? Well, um, that's a difficult one for me to answer. Um, if you think you sweat an awful lot more than other people, um, it could have an iodine component. So one could get tested for iodine. A, a very basic, not 100% reliable, but a very basic way to test uh, for iodine is to buy some Lugol's iodine. Put, put a drop of it on your skin and see how long it takes to be absorbed through the skin into the body. Now, it should take a minimum of four hours, eight hours would be better. could even take a whole day if you've got a lot of iodine for the iodine to be absorbed from the skin into the body. But I've seen people who are so low on iodine that the body literally sucks it in and in 20 minutes, the iodine you've painted on has gone. So that iodine test is, is a reasonable one to, to try. There are all sorts of ways to test iodine. I, I use a scanning device called an oligo scan, and it's infrared, really a pretty incredible piece of kit. I mean, it's the most useful uh, device that uh, I own, I think. Um, of course, there's the spooky, and there's also the scanner. The pain genie which is a very interesting device too which i'll talk about if i have time but um uh certainly in many countries in the world now the uh health specialists and some medical doctors in advanced countries are realizing that the oligo scanner is generally speaking very accurate you know let's say you want to want to have a test done to find out your mineral levels well i used to use uh hair mineral analysis but that only shows you what you're lacking. It doesn't, I'm sorry, that only shows you what you've excreted. It doesn't show you what's actually in the body, showing you what's passed through. So let me give you an example about how it can be confusing with a hair, hair analysis. Let's say two children are being tested. One comes out with a really high mercury levels. Okay, you might be concerned about that. The next child comes out with a, a, amazingly low mercury values 
Now, who's the healthier child? The one with the high mercury or the one with the low mercury? I mean, logically, you'd think it's the one with the high mercury, but actually not, because every child, every adult has, has a high mercury load. We all do, because we're living in this polluted world, eating mercury-rich foods like tuna fish. Uh, if you've got coal-fired power stations, you're getting the dropout of mercury from your fat power stations. It really is quite an issue. Uh, so the child with the high mercury, well, they're excreting it well through the hair, but the child with the low mercury, they might be autistic because they haven't been able to excrete the mercury out, out of their bodies. So then there's a urine test. Well, the same applies. That's just what you're peeing out. It's not necessarily reflective of being as what's being held in the body, more a reflection of what's passing through. Then there's a blood test, which is, you know, can be useful, can be very accurate, but um, it's showing you what's in the blood. It's not showing you what's in the cells and the tissues of the body. So the advantage of the Oligo scanner is being infrared, it just shines a light through your body and you're reading the intra-tissue levels of vitamin, sorry, of minerals and heavy metals, and you're also uh, measuring the intracellular levels of minerals and heavy metals. Uh, so I'm very, very happy with the device, and since I've started using it, it really has been quite incredible because I found an awful lot of health issues that, quite frankly, I wouldn't have found, and nor would the doctor. Um, so it's very, very enlightening. I would advise anybody to ha have this done. Uh, if you're in England, I can do it for you, or if there was a, a group of you uh, who wanted to be tested and consulted on it or have talks done, uh, if you live somewhere nice, you know, Tahiti would be good, I'd happily fly out and uh, talk to you if there are enough of you and test all of you. Now, um, selenium is very important from other factors. Um, I think the research is something like the people with the highest selenium in their, in their body compared to people with the lowest have 87% less cancer. Now, I would say that's pretty significant, and if it were a drug, you'd be able to sell that for billions. Um, talking of cancer, there are, uh, there are a number of other uh, materials that can be very useful to retain, regain your health. First time I ever saw terminal cancer totally reversed was uh, using uh, very high dosages of vitamin C. Now, the same is true with vitamin D. The people with the highest vitamin D have up to 80% less cancer than the people with the lowest. People with the highest vitamin, or people with the correct level of vitamin E uh, have about 50% uh, less cancer. So you start stacking the odds, and really you should be pretty well. So um, let's look at one or two others. Um, let's, let's look at zinc, for example. Um, and I hope you don't mind the reality of the story I'm about to tell you. I tested a married couple the other day, and he was incredibly low on zinc and low on selenium. The wife was incredibly high on zinc and selenium. And I, I said to, the, to them, are you having sex a lot? And she said, oh, you can't stop him. All day long he want, wants to have sex. And he said to me, yeah, the reason I've got a camper van, not a car, is that I can draw the curtains when we're traveling and have a quickie. And when, when a man ejaculates, he loses zinc and selenium. And of course, the woman may well gain it. 
and this was certainly true uh, in this particular case. They were literally off the charts, each of them in each direction. Now, uh, let's turn to another uh, important mineral, which is chromium. Now, if you're the sort of person who's craving food, particularly carbohydrates and sweet things, you may well find that the real issue is you're low on chromium. Now, um, incredible, wonderful thing about minerals is they, they often work right away. Let's say you're having a muscle cramp uh, and you spray magnesium on and rub it in, the muscle cramp will probably stop within a minute or so. If you were rubbing in magnesium every day, you wouldn't have muscle cramps. You know, by the way, restless leg is another symptom of uh, magnesium deficiency. But uh, getting back to chromium, chromium is very, very interesting. Diabetics are generally all low on chromium and vanadium. And often diabetic supplements come with vanadium, chromium as the top ingredients. Uh, and often cinnamon and a herb called gymnema are also very popular. Now, uh, should you just take chromium without testing? Well, I would, I would always test if you've got the opportunity, but if you don't, then um, if you can find a naturopath, and generally the naturopaths are the ones with the most knowledge, uh, generally speaking, um, I think it's always worth being guided by somebody, if at all possible, because there's nothing like experience. You know, one of the, the, the only good thing that Donald Rumsfeld, Donald Rumsfeld uh, ever said was, uh, you know, there's the, the known, the known known, the unknown known, something like that. And basically, you don't know what you don't know. And since I've started doing the mineral testing, I've learned so much because suddenly seeing this nutritional x-ray for somebody uh, and realizing in detail that this is high, this is low, and so on, and the fact that all the minerals are interrelated, it's been a massive learning curve for me. And if you want to be a, a sort of a part of that learning curve at all, I've got a YouTube channel which is called Clive to Carl, and I think the latest video that's up there is with a specialist on testing called Russell Jaffe. Uh, he runs an outfit called Better Lab Tests, and you can send him blood samples, and they have to be sent specially, um, you know, in, or you can have them done locally, uh, most of them, and you can test your body. Uh, against foods you know you think you're allergic to a food well I don't know whether you know but you know, as you know sometimes an, an allergy to a food can uh, make itself obvious right away but sometimes the allergy can happen maybe three days later so it can be a food that you haven't associated with the allergy that can actually be doing it and better lab tests now can test to see uh, all the reactions against foods I think got about 5,000 I might be wrong about that but a, a vast number of tests they can perform on all the different foods. But above that, you can get something called biocompatibility testing. Now, dentists, uh, at least in England, many of them very, very stupidly put metal fillings in the mouth containing silver and aluminium and so on. But let's say the dentist is, is not really stupid and they choose a white filling instead. Um, there are probably 50 types of white fillings out there on the market that the dentist could choose from. Now, the problem is a lot of the white ones have BPA in it, the same 
chemical that's in plastic bottles, which is full of estrogen, is feminizing men. So you don't want a um, filling that has uh, BPA in it. So you, if dentists knew about this, you could ask them for a biocompatibility test, and they can test your blood against all the filling materials and choose the one that is the least bad for you. The same is true with chemotherapy. And this is perhaps where the one, one of the many, many medical scandals happens. You know, they can test you against each type of chemotherapy. So yeah, most chemotherapy doesn't work. I think it was Australia that had uh, the last um, test of how effective chemotherapy was. Turned out it works 2.3% of the time. Now placebo works more than 30% of the time or 25% of the time, depending on what color it is. So if a chemotherapy is less effective than a placebo, that must mean that chemotherapy is killing people, not helping people. I think people survive chemotherapy. I don't believe they get better because of it. Uh, or if they do, it is very rare. So you can do a chemosensitivity test for chemotherapy. Now, if that, if that happened, then the doctor could easily test you and say, well, we're not going to do that type of chemotherapy because it's proven here not to work. But this doesn't happen, as I think you all know. Um, you know, the cancer business is a dodgy one. More people are employed by the cancer industry than have cancer at any given time. And one of the favorites with the doctors is to say, oh, well, we'll just do a harmless biopsy. We'll put in this tiny needle into the tumor, pull it out again with a sample, and we'll be able to tell uh, if the tumor is cancerous or not. But unfortunately, by sticking, a, and it's not a small needle, it's a big needle, straight through uh, the tumor, which has seven layers of protecting what's inside of the tumor, and they then pull that needle out. If it is cancerous, the doctors have now unwittingly, because they don't know what they're doing, unwittingly spread the cancer throughout the body and metastasized it for you. So there are many, many, many tests that can be done uh, which determine whether or not you've got cancer, and they can be done with blood, uh, and uh, you can look them up online, safe non-invasive uh, tests, uh, or, or you know, safe tests that don't involve biopsies, and you might be surprised at how inexpensive they are, and how safe they are, and how accurate they are compared to uh, having a biopsy done. I would not, under any circumstances, go for a biopsy. And unfortunately, because of the way that medical profession works, they scare you. You, know, you arrive at the hospital and they say, thank goodness you arrived in time, we got to operate this afternoon. And they often say that despite the fact that the cancer that you might have might be incredibly slow growing. Um, you know, some cancers take at least 10 years, others are incredibly quick. But uh, I don't really see that a biopsy is ever going to help anybody. Now, let's look uh, a little further at uh, the mineral zinc. Now, um, you've probably heard that oysters are an aphrodisiac. That's because they're full of zinc. And uh, if you are low on zinc, there are a number of problems that can occur. And in a few rare cases, those problems can be violence. Now, I've got an interview on my YouTube channel with William Walsh, who is the man they call out 
every time there's a serial killing in America because he's, he's the expert on brain chemistry. He's written a book which I highly recommend called Nutrient Power, uh, which has a subtitle, something along the lines of Correct Your Brain Chemistry. And he was telling me that he interviewed Charles Manson in prison. And Charles Manson had the lowest copper, he said, of anybody he'd ever tested. And violent prisoners in jail often have incredibly low copper. But there are other things about violence. And one of them is to do with low blood sugar. Now, you may know people, you may, may be one of these people, who, if, you, if you're not fed food regularly, you get grumpy, angry even. Turns out that over 90% of the violent prisoners in jail have low blood sugar. And for them, it's as though their brain reverts to the sort of reptilian brain where you don't feed them and they can kill because of that. So 90% of the violent prisoners in jail with low blood sugar, how many people outside of jail have low blood sugar? Well, actually roughly about 30% of us have low blood sugar. So how would you know if you're one of the people with low blood sugar? Well, one way to tell might be if you haven't eaten for a long time, what happens to your mood and what happens to your state of alertness? Now, quite a few people, if I, if, if I say to them, 3.30 in the afternoon, maybe 4 o'clock, do you just feel really tired and want to have a sleep for about 15 minutes? And then you feel better again. You just perk up. Well, those are the people who are having low blood sugar events. They're the people who are finding that they run out of blood sugar at you know, two, three hours after a meal. And these people need to realize that they should be grazing. They should be eating much more often. So if you're one of the people who feels very tired at that time in the afternoon, consider, let's say, an hour beforehand uh, having a snack, you know, have a bit of fruit or some nuts and seeds or wh whatever you like that's healthy. So um, there's one other fact which is really quite extraordinary, and I think the only country that's ever researched this is uh, Norway, which is that uh, they realized that about 90% of the prisoners in the violent wards had been circumcised. Uh, whereas the rate of circumcision in, in Norway was less than 3%. And it seems in some, some cases that the brutal act of circumcision uh, makes people lose contact with reality and kindness and trust. Um, so that's something else to uh, bear in mind. Now, uh, back to the... Um, uh, the minerals again what are the minerals that make you happy i think that's a pretty important one well magnesium is a mineral of happiness uh, essentially because it relaxes you you know events happen in our lives and we've got two choices of reaction we can get stressed and then we can't think properly we can't find the answer to the problems we're so stressed stress burning up magnesium or if we've got a, enough magnesium our reaction to that stress might be oh well Things happen, it's just a challenge, I'll overcome it, I'll deal with it, and not get stressed by the problem. So another one, curiously, is the mineral called lithium. Now, many of you might have heard of lithium because it's the, um, the material that they give the mental patients in the mental institutions. And what they do there is they give them lithium carbonate, which is an extremely dodgy, version of lithium and uh, my brother some 
35 years ago was given lithium carbonate uh, and then he probably committed suicide so it certainly wasn't helping him there's another form of uh, lithium called lithium orotate o-r-o-t-a-t-e now lithium orotate the orotate part comes from erratic acid which is made in mother's milk so it couldn't be safer and you need a hundredth of the amount of lithium in lithium orotate than in the dangerous form of carbonate. So um, if you are feeling unhappy or if you feel feeling particularly glum one day, uh, you can get a test for lithium, of course, but if you, if you can't do that, it's such a safe material to use occasionally that you might want to try a lithium orotate, maybe five milligrams, which isn't very much, and see if it alters your mood. Um, a surprising number of people cheer up considerably uh, after they've taken lithium orotate. And um, if you want to learn more about it, uh, John Gray, the man who wrote the book uh, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, um, has an interesting YouTube video about it. So how many people are low on lithium? Well, quite a few, not, not, not nearly as many as iodine or magnesium, but uh, certainly um, people who have cancer tend, on average, to have low lithium levels. So this is, this is worth, uh, I think, some research and your attention. Now, uh, let's look for a little, a little time at the heavy metals because the question isn't, have you got, have you got some heavy metals? The question is, you've got heavy metals, how serious is it? Now, uh, I'm sure quite a few of you have noticed the chemtrails up in the sky, where those lines of uh, exhaust coming out of the planes are not disappearing. Now, um, nobody, I don't think, knows for sure what they're spraying, but the, certainly I think the considered opinion is that they're spraying aluminium, barium, and other heavy metals into the upper atmosphere. Now, um, of the people I've tested, I've not seen one person who hasn't got a heavy metal load that's extraordinarily high, and aluminium is often the highest of those. So I ask people, well, are you in contact with aluminium? Are you wrapping your food in a lot of aluminium foil? Are you using underarm deodorant? Because most underarm deodorants contain aluminium. Have you got, are you using aluminium cooking utensils? Are you going to restaurants who are using aluminium cooking utensils? What is it? So um, probably the biggest reason why a lot of people have high aluminium is because a lot of the water authorities use aluminium, uh, I think as aluminium sulfate, I think, I can't remember, uh, to filter the water of cloudiness. They call it removing turbidity. And um, so everybody's got a high uh, aluminium load and this is the, one of the reasons why I believe you want to filter your water if you're drinking it straight from the tap unless you know that the source is pure and clean I would uh, get a very high quality filter and filter it out particularly if you're drinking recycled sewage which is what a lot of city water is full of or well, everybody's Viagra and birth control pills and Prozacs and whatever else and every time it goes round the cycle of the sewage works, it's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And my understanding is that generally you can't filter that out. So let's say that you you can't afford natural organic food for some, you know, or uh, you realize that your water is poisoned. Uh, 
you can treat your water for not much money, about 20 pounds, $30 or so, by buying an ozone generator for sterilizing water. You can buy them on eBay for not much money. And if you ozonate the water that you're going to drink, it will neutralize most, if not almost all, of the dangerous chemicals in the water. It won't deal with fluoride, however. Fluoride it can't cope with. Um, but the cheapest way to clean up your water uh, without before filtering it or after filtering it is ozone, ozone generator. However, um, filtering the water is really pretty important. I, one house I was living at, I opened the filter that I'd had and it was completely jam-packed solid with mud and debris. And uh, it's um, you know, water varies dramatically, of course, but because you're made of water, you don't want uh, the water to be anything other than as perfect as possible. So let's carry on going through the heavy metals a little bit. Of course, as you come up, might imagine, I see a lot of high mercury. And depending on how high, high, how high it is, you can be pretty sure if it's high that they've either had metal fillings containing mercury or characters still have them. The problem is that when the dentists attack your teeth in the first place, they are very misguided. And let me, let me uh, describe why. If you were to break your fingernail, for example, and you went to the dentist, they would say, well, um, there's a big hole in your fingernail, we're gonna have to fill it. We've got some white material, you know, if you can't afford that, you know, we'll give you some silver filling in your nail. But you say, but my nail is going to regrow in a short period of time. A few days, it'll be regrown. But dentists seem to think that teeth don't regrow. So imagine you woke up one morning with, with two cavities. A cavity in your tooth, you know, and you know you've got a cavity in your tooth because you wake up and it goes ouch. Or you've got a cavity in your finger, which is called a cut. So you know what to do with the cavity in your finger. You leave it alone. You wouldn't rub food into it. You wouldn't pour hot drinks or Coca-Cola onto it. You'd leave it alone, keep it sterile. And if you're healthy, you've got enough minerals uh, to remineralize the, you, your uh, skin, you've got enough vitamins and so on, then uh, it's going to regrow. Now, if you're really healthy, that cut might be gone tomorrow. If you're not very healthy, it might take days or weeks. And if you're about to die, it might fester and it might never uh, clear up. But the same is absolutely true of your teeth. If you wake up one morning with a cavity in the tooth, what do you do? You should leave it alone. Do not eat. Do not drink anything other than water or liquids with healing herbs in. You want to keep your mouth sterile. And uh, if you are healthy, you've got the minerals you need to remineralize teeth, and that's what regrowing teeth is called, remineralization, then your, your tooth will regrow. You don't need it drilled out and filled. You see, the, doc, the dentists know that if you've got a small cavity, to get a filling in there, they've got to cut away a lot more tooth than just the cavity to anchor it into the tooth so it doesn't fall, or fall out. So they know that it's only a matter of years now until the, the, the tooth will probably get worse, shed the cavity, now it'll be refilled, then maybe refilled a third time, and then possibly after that, that's it. And maybe... They then say, well, there's nothing left we can do. We're going to have to pull it out or give you a root canal. Now, root canals are one of the most dangerous dental procedures you could have. Um, 
because they leave dead tissue in the mouth when they do a root canal. And no surgeon other than dental surgeons would ever think of leaving dead tissue in your body. Turns out that, um, I can't remember the exact number, but uh, women with breast cancer, over 80% of them have had a root canal. Now, that those figures mean that root canals are causative uh, for cancers. So very, very important to understand. Now, if you've got a root canal and you're now in a bit of a panic, um, what can you do? Well, you could have it taken out. That would be a pretty good option. Um, you could buy an electromagnetic device, uh, and there are a number of them out there which you can uh, sort of connect to the to, 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 to the jaw and uh, blast yourself in order to kill any viruses or bacteria that could be growing in the cavity between. Uh, underneath uh, the root, root canal filling. Now, uh, I wouldn't be at all surprised, but I have to admit I don't know the answer to this, that the spooky has a facility to kill bacteria uh, that's growing uh, under the root canal. And um, perhaps John might be able to come in and, and let me know if that is indeed the case and what the setting uh, on the device might be. Now, uh, <coughs> If you do have high mercury, um, the thing to do is to remove it. But remember, if you're removing heavy metals, you want to do it very slowly and gently. And there's no point in even starting a heavy metal detox or a detox of any kind unless the bowels are moving really healthily. Now, how many bowel movements should we have a day? Three. Three bowel movements a day. And that comes to a shock for a lot of people. You know, some people aren't even having one daily. If you're not having at least one daily, you're asking for trouble and you want to take steps to remedy that. Uh, and the probability of the reason why you're not having enough bowel movements today may be dehydration, maybe lack of magnesium. Uh, there are a number of reasons. Could even be lack of vitamin C. Uh, might be a lack of good essential fats. So, uh, I would highly advise doing some research about detoxification. And if anybody would like to send me their email address, I can send you uh, some details about how to safely detox. And if you need other information, just let me know. Now, the other metals that are very high, the one that I'm seeing consistently with everyone being extraordinarily high and other health practitioners and doctors I've been speaking to have been noticing exactly the same thing as silver. Now, why should it be that everybody is high on silver? It barely makes sense. And the only explanation I've got is chemtrails. So it's very much worth uh, looking uh, to detox uh, heavy metals in general. Now, what can you use to do this? Um, sorry, I'm just gonna turn the phone off. I had to put it on to see what time it was. Um, so, um, uh, charcoal is one of the most interesting materials. Now, one shouldn't supplement with charcoal more than twice a week because not only does it suck out poisons and toxins, it sucks out the um, uh, water, some of the water-soluble vitamins and so on as well. But what do they do in the emergency room of the hospital if somebody comes in with a poisonous snake bite? poisonous spider bite, or poison of any kind, 
they give you activated charcoal. Um, and uh, charcoal is really remarkable as a material to pull out toxins. So many people have not died from an otherwise lethal snake bite because of the charcoal. Now, uh, similarly, um, vitamin C will turn off poisoning. Uh, I'm just, I'd like somebody to write in the uh, chat box if they can hear me, because nobody's said anything recently and I'm not sure whether anybody's hearing me. You'll forgive me for a moment. I'm going to look on Skype and see if I've had any messages there. Um, oh, perfect. I've got a message. You can hear me. Thank you so much. That's, uh, that's a bit of a relief. Good. Um, so getting back to the heavy metals for a while, um, again, as well as making sure that your, your bowels are moving properly before you start, start to detoxify, it's also very important to make sure your liver and kidneys are working properly. Now, um, there are a number of very gentle liver cleanses that you can do. And uh, on the simplest level, drinking um, uh, materials like uh, a big glass of water in the morning with, with a big, big squeeze of fresh lemon uh, or even fresh lime in the morning is a wonderful way to just clean your kidneys incredibly gently. And there are uh, juices that one can make up uh, using ginger and celery and so on, which will also do a very good job. And I'd recommend before you start detoxifying, just look into a little bit about how to make sure the kidneys and the liver's working properly and your bowels are working properly as well. So, um, the other sorts of metals I see a lot, cadmium. Now, if, if you live near a road or you're a smoker, your cadmium levels may be high. And frankly, all the heavy metals are so damaging that uh, you know, heavy metal poisoning can cause autism, for example. Heavy metal poisoning can cause um, Alzheimer's, dementia. And, um, but of course, as I think most of you know, the real cause of autism uh, it has a link with vaccines. And uh, some of you may have heard of Jeff Bradstreet. He was um, uh, a very well-known uh, medical doctor in America who was treating autistic children. And um, uh, he was murdered. And one of the last things that he, he was talking about before he was murdered was the fact that in Cuba, where they have a, a very similar vaccination rate to the rest of the world, there's hardly any um, autism in Cuba. And the reason is that there is no availability of ibuprofen, Nurofen. Now, in Europe and America, and I dare say in other countries of the world, doctors often say to the parents, well, uh, often a vaccine is going to give an unpleasant reaction to the child. So we recommend you give ibuprofen before the vaccination. Turns out that the ibuprofen, the Nurofen, seems to be a trigger for the vaccination, uh, for the autism after the vaccinations. And um, just recently uh, in the newspapers here in England, I think about two weeks ago, front page headlines, uh, ibuprofen uh, proven to uh, increase the rate of heart attacks and all sorts of diseases. Now, ibuprofen has been around for, what, 40 years or, or something like that. And the newspapers are trying to tell us that they've only just noticed that ibuprofen is dangerous. I mean, as if. It's just ludicrous. Uh, ibuprofen has always been dangerous. 
Many people have known about it, and I bet you that the drug companies, the manufacturers have known all about the dangers and covered it up as they usually do. You know, when these companies get caught, and all of them do, Bayer, whoever, they've all got caught lying. Often they've hidden the truth of the damage that their drugs can do for 10 years. So they get fined. I think the biggest fine ever was something like $3.5 billion. But that doesn't take into account of the fact that for the previous 20 years, the company had made a profit of well over 10 times that and probably a lot more. So, okay, they get a slap on the wrist for $3 billion, but they've made $30 billion. You know. And where does the $3 billion go to? Well, it goes to the very organizations that are supposed to police them. And what are they going to do with it? Well, probably build a new swimming pool or something for the directors. I don't know. So uh, uh, let me see where to go next with this. Uh, I notice people are low on some of the slightly more unusual ones, um, phosphorus, for instance, potassium. And with a, with a lot of this, there is a big link to vitamins. Um, often in winter, we are low on vitamin D. And if you're low on vitamin D, or you're low on vitamin C, or you're low on vitamin K, which vitamin K, by the way, often comes from butter, if it's proper butter. Um, uh, if you are low on those, you can be low on potassium and phosphorus. And uh, so, are you one of these people who feels happier in the sunshine? Do you get a bit depressed in winter? Well, you might need vitamin D. You might want to supplement with vitamin D in winter, and you might find that your vitamin levels boost your mineral levels. Yeah, it's all interlinked. All the minerals are interlinked. All the vitamins and minerals are interlinked. You, know, you are one whole person. And, uh, the problem is that if you're low on just one thing, vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, magnesium, you're low on one of those, you can be in serious trouble health-wise, as indeed I was. Now, another mineral that's worth discussing is uh, sulfur. Now, sulfur-rich foods would be particularly raw, onions, garlic, uh, sprouted broccoli seeds, the cruciferous vegetables to a, to a degree, a lesser degree, however. Now, they happen to be the anti-cancer foods as well, or, or some of them. And uh, selenium, uh, as we mentioned earlier, is very, very important. Now, you have to forgive me because um, uh, when I got uh, ill with the antibiotics, um, I was left being type 1 diabetic, which lowered my blood sugar. And right now, I'm feeling my blood sugar go down, so I'm probably not being quite as coherent as, as I otherwise might be. Um, so, uh, having completely lost the plot at this point, now if you're one of these people who has a high mercury load because you've got mercury fillings, it's worth knowing that parasites love mercury. You know, the body um, actually is so intelligent I believe it's possible that it actually invites parasites in sometimes to take up the heavy metals to uh, unburden you with them. And this parasite thing is really pretty critical. You may know that most autistic children are riddled with parasites. Uh, and it's partly because they've had an overdose of mercury from the vaccines. And now 
to deal with the mercury, uh, the body's got parasites on a permanent basis. So if you've got a lot of mercury in your body, what else happens? Well, um, you're likely to have a candida overgrowth. Mercury encourages candida. So how do you tell if you've got candida or not? Well, you might have thrush. But if you looked in, your, in the mirror, you stuck out your tongue, and your tongue had a white coating on it, um, that is a sure sign that you've got a candida overgrowth. Now, there are a couple of things you can do. You know, if anybody's looked into candida, I'm sure a lot of you have, uh, you may well find that, um, uh, you may have found on Google, well, the anti-candida diet, which is so tough and takes so long that very few people can do it successfully. And then, as soon as they stop, they binge on the foods they weren't allowed, and it just comes back again in a few few days or a few weeks. So what's an intelligent way to deal with candida? Well, there is a material, it's a yeast, and candida is a yeast. There's another yeast called Saccharomyces boulardii, and I'm going to just type that in to the chat room uh, so people know what it is. And um, you can buy it. Uh, there's a brand out there called Optibac who... Aren't, aren't necessarily the best because they put magnesium stearate in their in their products but nevertheless their saccharomyces boulardii is very effective for defeating candida but you can get it you can get it from lots of other places and hopefully you can get a purer variety than that one anyway if you take a capsule of saccharomyces when you when you get up in the morning then what it does is it kills the outer membrane of the candida and so about three hours later, and of course, you know, your gut lining is, is bacteria and yeast and so on, fungus and so on. So suddenly, after about three hours, a lot of the, uh, um, <clears throat> the candida that was lining your gut is now dead and gone. Now, if you just did nothing, then it would just regrow in a few hours. But at three hours after you've taken the, the Saccharomyces, you were to take a probiotic or eat some bright probiotic foods or good probiotic drink like kefir then you're it's like sending in the cavalry you're sending in the good probiotics to fill the gaps so if you repeat that three times in a day so bilardi saccharomyces then three hours later probiotic three hours later another saccharomyces three hours later another probiotic and so on many people find just after 10 days or so that their candida has resolved itself I would recommend some other things as well. I'd recommend oregano oil. And the company Ancient Purity, for instance, sells essential oil of oregano diluted um, in, in little gel caps. Now, if you were to take essential oil of or wild oregano orally, you have to dilute it because it would burn you. Um, uh, but it doesn't taste that great and it stays in, in your taste for quite a while. But if you swallow it as a capsule, it deals with the candida and various other uh, pathogens that you don't want. And um, it's very inexpensive, being used classically for thousands of years, uh, a very, very interesting remedy. Now, uh, perhaps, uh, John, you might want to put a note uh, in the chat box as what time you'd like me to, to, to finish. I'm not sure how I can carry on for days, actually, but uh, you might not want that. Um, so if anybody wanted to contact me, they, my email is clive at clivedecarl.com. 
and I'd be very happy to help anybody who's lost their health and want, wants to uh, regain it, or indeed just wants to take preventative measures to retain it. Um, I would suggest that you know, here, here in England we get free poisons. You know, we're, as the, the NHS, they'll hand out drugs to anybody. Um, if the doctors spent a tenth of the money handing out nutrition, then I think we could empty the hospitals by 90%. You know, there is a recognized disease that even doctors recognize. It's called malnutrition. And the remedy for malnutrition is food. Um, uh, right now, it's just saying, what was the candidate treatment? Can't see the writing. I'm going to write it again. I, I've written it once. I don't know why, why you're not seeing it. I'll just write it again. Saccharomyces. Ulardi and the Optibac uh, version is called Bowel Clear or Bowel Calm, I can't remember. Um, okay. Um, so, um, forgive me, having a bit of low blood sugar, I just forgot what I was talking about, which is a bit pathetic. Uh, normally I don't do that. Um, anybody in the chat room can remind me. Um, okay. Um, so, uh, nobody seems to be reminding me, so I'll just ramble on. <laughs> um, yes, I remember. Uh, getting people out, out, of, out of hospital malnutrition. Thank you. Thank you very much, Charlotte. Um, so, there is a cure for malnutrition. It's called nutrition. So if the doctors recommended nutrition, and that would be really good, clean food that's never been grown on land with chemicals, never um, uh, been hybridized. I mean, look at it this way. When I was young, uh, real food, like a cucumber, had viable large seeds in it that you could dry out and plant next year and grow a new cucumber. But now all the food we're eating is seedless. Now, a seedless animal would be impotent and would just die out. Seedless grapes, for instance, without, well, the, you know, they're, they're weak, they're hopeless, they've been destroyed. So um, uh, you want to try, if you can, and get old varieties with the seeds in. If you can grow the food yourself, this is the, the most important thing you can, can do. If you don't have a garden, consider sprouting uh, seeds and pulses. Um, and you can have fresh, fresh salad anytime you like. Um, so uh, there's a message that's just come, come through which says, how do we use the spooky two frequencies for, say, selenium, magnesium, and zinc to rebalance the mineral content of the body? Now, while I'm well aware that uh, these programs uh, exist on the, on the spooky, I've not had really the time to investigate uh, how effective they are, how much time you need to use them. I'm hopefully hoping that perhaps John might be able to join in and uh, explain to us all, including myself, uh, exactly what to do and how effective he's find, found it to be and whether he's tested it, whether he's tested the results in a scientific manner, because if he had, that would be great. When I, 15 years ago uh, or so, uh, I used to bill myself as, as a hypnotist. And um, 
I used to feel that I could temporarily um, hypnotize people to have more magnesium because their symptoms would often go away. But why I started to um, uh, learn about minerals and vitamins was because I found that um, any effect that I had hypnotically didn't last. So I wonder how, you know, if the spooky is able to increase uh, the, the mineral content, how does it do it? Is it actually doing it by increasing the ability for the body to create enzymes, perhaps, to absorb them? Or is it making the body more efficient in, it, in its cellular absorption of the minerals? I, I, I would be fascinated to know. Um, I just saw John pop up there, but he's disappeared again. Um, so, John, let, let me know if, if, if you want to answer that question. Um, so, I, I hope this session has uh, been useful. Um, there are, you know, there's, there's so much to know. Um, one very, in, there are a couple of interesting websites I'd like to draw, draw your attention to. If you want to find something out and you perhaps can't afford a consultation with somebody, one is called earthclinic.com. I'll just write it in the chat here. Earthclinic.com is basically run by by the people who are the users of it. Um, they might sell stuff, but I don't think they do. Well, they they're, you know, they're not really commercial. Then there's another one which is more scientific and, and better in some ways, which is called Green Med Info. And I go to both these sites quite often if I really just don't know quite in which direction to go. Green Med Info uh, is incredible. Basically, um, guy runs it is a chap called Syed G and he has documented and recorded on the website pretty much all the research has ever been done on anything you can think of uh, so it's very valuable now i've been asked a question the difference between vitamin b12 as methylcobalamin and cyanocobalamin now the difference is that cyanocobalamin is about a fifth of the price of methylcobalamin methylcobalamin is bioavailable to the body Cyanocobalamin is not and has to go through a conversion process. So one of the ways I judge a, a B vitamin supplement or a multimineral, first thing I do is I look at the B12, and if it's made from cyanocobalamin, I would not recommend the product. If it's made from methylcobalamin, and there's another one, hydroxycobalamin, then that's, that would be a company who cares. If it's a company who doesn't care, they'll use the cyano because it's cheap. Just as simple as that. If there are any other questions, do, do feel free to, to ask me. The B vitamins, by the way, are all about energy. Uh, if you're low on B vitamins, you, you may well be tired. Um, if you're low on vitamin B3, you might have depression. You might have manic depression. You might have schizophrenia. Um... So B vitamins are vital. Are a lot of people low on B vitamins? Oh, yes, they are. Yeah. I mean, frankly, everybody's low on everything, pretty much. Another question. Um, oh, I see. All right, it says, your input information may be only to the panelists and not to everyone as it's not coming through. Now, there's another question that's come in, uh, uh, which says, can one use iodorol? Now, iodorol is lugolzyadine in a tablet. And yes, you can use iodorol. It's absolutely the same as Lugol's. It's just quite a bit more expensive. 
but works perfectly well. And iodine isn't the most nice, nice tasting stuff in the world. So take, taking a tablet of iodorol is just fine, basically. There are other forms as well. There's one called nascent iodine, which I don't feel really compares with uh, Lugol's, but um, some people quite like it. Some people uh, praise it and it's pretty much tasteless. So it's easier for children. Although you can, uh, if you want to, give iodine to children which is perfectly safe in a, in a if you know what you're doing and it's a safe dose um you could put it into food because you know as many of you i'm sure will know vitamins are become destroyed by heat but minerals don't so you can cook and the minerals will not be lost uh you know the things that are lost with cooking are the enzymes you know the good bacteria and many many of the vitamins um it's one of the reasons why if you are going to cook food, you want to cook it as lightly as you feel comfortable with um, to retain as, as many of the vitamins as possible. Now, again, if there are any more questions, feel free to put them in the chat room. Um, other things I can would like to say. Um, what are the best remedies out there other than nutrition you see, see i feel that while herbal remedies are fantastic they're basically still allopathic in their nature because they sometimes they will fix things permanently but sometimes they don't but what, what's the most magic herb in the world well i would say it's cannabis um and uh there are many people around the world where cannabis is legal who have completely got their health back no matter what uh, the health challenges have been you know incredibly serious and um uh, if you don't know about uh, cannabis as a cure uh, it, i think it's important to to look at that now i've been asked uh, about um, fulvic and humic acid fulvic, fulvic minerals as I, I generally call it now you've probably seen those documentaries on tv where the animals cross the desert for miles or whatever it is to go and lick the rocks that are rich in minerals and the sort of thing they're trying to go for quite you know, quite often are the sort of fulvic rich uh rocks or fulvic rich earth now fulvic and humic minerals are in all soil everywhere it's ubiquitous but there are certain areas in the world where it's incredibly concentrated and um, most of the fulvic material was deposited millions of years ago and um, I mean, it's impossible really to carbon date or to truly date anything with great accuracy, but they reckon that some is, is as much as uh, 100 million years old or older. Um, and I, I, I learned about fulvic minerals from studying Chinese medicine. About 10 years ago, I was looking at what the Chinese were doing and I was hugely impressed as they would be if they look into this side of things. And there were people giving uh, baths in fulvic minerals, people giving very large doses. And um, there appeared to be people having success right across the board. And um, uh, I recommend using a very good brand of fulvic minerals. Um, a three-month supply can come in a little 50 mil bottle like that. You don't need very much of it. Um, you know, I don't own it anymore, but I used to own and run Ancient Purity, ancientpurity.com, 
And I found what I felt was the best fulvic minerals that I'd come across, and I still believe they're the best. And a lot of people notice a big difference, particularly if they're ill. And um, I, I would uh, certainly uh, recommend Ancient Purity. It's where I get the majority of my, my supplements from. Uh, other companies I like a lot. I like Perk, P-E-R-Q-U-E. Um, I like uh, Pure Encapsulations, and I like Life Extension. I feel they can be trusted. But many of the most, well, 90%, I would think, of the natural health supplement companies out there have been bought out um, by big pharma or weapons manufacturers. Here in England, the biggest health food stores, big chain of them is Holland and Barrett. They're owned by the Carlyle Group, who are weapons manufacturers, arms dealers. And, I mean, obviously, of course, we all trust arms dealers with our health. You know, they're nice people, aren't they? Um, Solgar, British Britain's biggest natural health uh, supplement company, uh, you know, manufacturers, they're owned by the same group. Uh, so you've got to be careful where you get, you get your stuff from. If it's got magnesium stearate in the other ingredients, if it's got silica dioxide in the other ingredients, well, you might want to just think about that. I've been asked a question. I have a lot of good results using Kesh CO2 ZNO GANs, anyone else with experience of these materials. Now, um, I've not used Kesh's materials, but I have heard of a lot of people who tell me they're getting incredible results. And I'd be very interested to hear what results anybody listening has had. My email is clive at clivedecarl.com. Now, the next question is, what minerals do you recommend for eyesight issues? Well, um, all of them. You want to make sure you've got a balance of the lot. But vitamins are what I mainly suggest for eyesight. Now, if your night vision is not as good as it was, uh, vitamin A is what you're lacking. And I'm not, not necessarily suggesting you supplement with vitamin A, but you might want to consider, I mean, you could, you might want to consider eating a lot more orange vegetables like sweet potatoes, carrots, and so on. Um, if you are suffering a deterioration of the retina, for example, macular degeneration, you know, really eyesight problems in general, I would think vitamin C is one of the most important things you could do. And to understand how to use vitamin C properly, again, if you go to my YouTube channel and look at my interview with Russell Jaffe, he explains how to use vitamin C safely and properly. And when I started uh, using vitamin C safely and properly, my eyesight improved. In fact, it improved quite dramatically. Other thing for eyesight would be um, uh, um, bilberries, uh, bilberries, uh, which are sort of wild blueberries, incredible for eyes. On top of that, drinking water. Now, if you're dehydrated, well, your water, your um, your eyes won't work properly. I mean, a lot of people say that um, you know, on average, we can be 10% dehydrated. So if your eyes are 10% dehydrated, are they going to work well? If your brain is 10% dehydrated, is it going to work well? So you really need to be drinking lots and lots of water every day and preferably not out of plastic bottles. Now, uh, I've been asked the question, how to get iron as a vegetarian? Well. A lot of people have quite a lot of iron. If you're low on iron, you're probably low on vitamin B12. 
So um, doctors can be so linear in their in their analysis that if you're low on iron, they generally give you iron. And now you might need a, some sort of ferritin, but it's very likely that the real issue is a B12 deficiency. Um, the issue for vegetarians more often is are they are they getting um, enough B12? And vegans, you know, I know a lot of people who they become vegan and they say, I feel fantastic. And then after a time, it could be years, they, they realize they can't continuously be vegan. The same way that some people go on a ketogenic diet where you cut out carbs and sweet stuff and they say they feel fabulous, but you can't do it nonstop. And I think this is true of pretty much anything that um, it's good to pulse things. You know, I, there are a few things I do do regularly. I take fulvic minerals pretty regularly, take iodine pretty regularly, magnesium pretty regularly, chromium pretty regularly, because I know I need to. But when it comes to herbs, particularly, I would not do anything for more than a month and then switch to something that has a similar action then switch again to something else that has a similar action, maybe three months later, go back to your first uh, version again. So I think pulsing is good. You don't want the body to get used to anything. You know, if you put, let's say, moisturizing cream on your skin, your skin will stop producing moisturizing oils. So um, quite a lot of um, skin specialists I've spoken to uh, would like to remind you that healthy skin and so on comes from the inside out, not from the outside in. I've had another question here. I make my own vitamin C out of lemon rind and lemon, pith, dried and encapsulated, okay. Uh, well, um, depends how fresh the lemons are because um, vitamins get lost as uh, the uh, fruits or vegetables get older. Um, the best thing, the, you know, if you really want to find out, is you want to get to bowel tolerance level with vitamin C. To find out how much vitamin C you need on any given day, because your vitamin C requirements will vary from one day to the next, is you take enough vitamin C until you get uh, an unwanted bowel movement. At that point, you realize whether you've got enough, and then you back off a little bit, and you try and take that much vitamin C every 10 minutes, every 15 minutes maybe. There's a brilliant um, YouTube video called Reverse Pneumonia in Three Hours. Now, pneumonia can kill people, can land you in hospital for, for weeks, but uh, Reverse Pneumonia in Three Hours is a four-minute video by Andrew Saul, and he explains how he got found his bowel tolerance with vitamin C, and then he repeated that dose every six minutes. Within three hours, his high temperature had dropped to normal, all his flu symptoms, pneumonia symptoms had just stopped. Right, so um, if you can get to a stage where your lemon rind and lemon pith is giving you diarrhea, then you know it's really, really working. Um, it says from fresh Aussie farm lemons. Well, check out those videos. There's, if you really want to learn about vitamin C, there is a medical doctor from America called Dr. Thomas Levy. If you watch his latest uh, video, um, what you you know. I think I might have mentioned at the beginning, vitamin C is the biggest kept secret that the doctors don't want you to know about along with magnesium and iodine. If people knew about vitamin C, that would be the end of viruses and bacteria for most people, your infections. Uh, I have read, I don't know whether it's true, but I think it is, that if you, you only get a virus when you run out of vitamin C, 
So, um, yeah. Now, I, let me let me tell you a personal story. I gave up meat for twenty five years, and then I was around at my dad's house one Christmas, and he had a roast goose, which was natural and lovely. And I thought, okay, I'm going to eat that again. And it, very occasionally, I'll eat meat. Not often. I've only eaten any for a few weeks. Uh, but um, if I think it's absolutely natural and the farmer knew the name of the animal, if you see what I mean. Uh, otherwise, I'd be dead careful. I was talking to an oncologist, um, and uh, I said, what do you think about vegetarianism, veganism? He said, in the cancer ward, I can spot them. I can tell a vegetarian in the cancer ward. And I said, why is that? He said, they're weaker than the meat eaters. Now, I know it's going to shock a lot of vegetarians and vegans, but I think if you're from the, unless you're from the planet Vega, I'm not sure that being a vegan is, is really the best thing long term. I'm sure a lot of people won't agree with that. And there are you know, many athletes who are vegan. Some people's metabolism seems to handle it. And then it does appear to me anyway that some people really need meat. And I appreciate the argument that we haven't got a carnivore's digestion or a carnivore's teeth. So therefore, logically, we shouldn't be meat eaters. But for whatever reason, some people do well on it. Some people get their strength back with it. And uh, bone broth. I don't particularly like drinking bone broth. I don't really like it. But nevertheless, a lot of people recovered their health and re particularly recovered their gut health by drinking bone broth. So you know, if you can handle that, it's worth looking at. Another product, if you can get it, is raw, grass-fed, organic whey. Um, that boosts glutathione in your body. And glutathione, which your liver basically makes, is the master detoxifier. So, you know, eating whey, uh, if it's real, you don't want whey isolate, you don't want whey that's been pasteurized or processed or heated up. Um, I've just done an interview with uh, Stephen Hewer, who has a type of whey called One World Whey, which is, is all the good things. It's raw, organic, it's actually grown by the Amish. And, uh, you know, I'm sure most of you know who the Amish are. And they're following the old farming techniques, never use chemicals, never do anything. And um, I'm, I haven't tried it up until now, though I've heard loads, loads of good things about it for years. But that's um, one of the next things I'm going to experiment with. So I always like experimenting with anything, uh, uh, generally before I recommend it. But luckily, so many other people experimented with a one-world way. I feel happy to, to recommend it. Um, there are some very interesting products out there. And as, as I say, if you want to have a look at my YouTube videos, you'll learn about a lot of them. I've just interviewed a woman who used uh, mistletoe to reverse her cancer. Um, and uh, uh, mistletoe, the, the remedy was really pretty much formulated by Rudolf Steiner, who runs the Stein, who started Steiner schools. And he's the person who basically started biodynamic farming. And biodynamic farming is one step above organic farming. You know, I was an organic farmer for nine years. And I like to remind people how many times the organic um, authorities came around to check that I was doing it organically. So over the nine years, how many times do you think they came to check? Zero times. Um, I can see John in the background. I'm not sure whether he's going to come in or not. Thank you, Clive, for your wonderful talk. Um, it was a long talk, but it was a fascinating talk. I could listen to you for much longer. Um, the information that you have is just it's amazing. You've, um, you've, given, you've given our viewers a lot to think about. 
and you've said things as you've said things how they are. You've used the language which is straight talk, and I really like it. Um, I want to remind our viewers that um, Clive DeCarl is a consultant, and he's um, he's um, keen to um, consult you for your illnesses and uh, do a mineral analysis, see what your body's lacking, and what you can do to resolve the problem. It's um, I've known Clive for a wee while now. He is actually the first person to interview me for Spooky, and um, I'm so happy when uh, Clive accepted our invitation to talk on our SAMUS series. It's quite an honour to have you on board, Clive. Um, it's a bit of a shame that the uh, the internet quality of the hotel wasn't quite as good as what it could be, but the content of your talk was amazing. Now, um, Clive's services good. include I workshops and seminars, um, private retreats, nutritional plans, canteen nutritional enhancement, health advice lines, one-on-one -on -one health consultancy, bioresonance scanning, CNR treatments, and optimum nutrition advice. Gosh, Clive, is there anything you don't do? <laughs> you do the lot. Now, you can contact Clive directly at clive at clivedecal.com. Um, further contact details are available from his website, which is um, called clivedecal.com, of course. Um, and I encourage people to support people like Clive that do take, that do put their heart into their work and do want to see you well. Clive's one of the very good people, and I'd like you to, um, you know, support him if you have a need for um, seeing someone for your health. Um, Clive, thank you so much for coming and spending time um, on our program to explain to our users, teach everybody some of what you know. I'm sure there's plenty more you'd like to explain, but we have run out of time. Clive, it's been magic listening to you. We'd love to have you back at some other time. We'll have to um, uh, preferably use a different um, phone line from the one that you're currently using <laughs> and, um, and have you explain in more detail some of the, some of the details that you've, um, you've um, covered today. Um, and finally, if any of our viewers would like to be a host, if any of our viewers would like to be an expert on our program and explain about the area of expertise, this is how Clive has done today. Uh, please email us directly at sama at spooky2-mall.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks once again for watching and have a lovely day. Goodbye.